I'm Vince Roca. Did he say venti mocha? <laughs> Tom Ayers. Did you say money Ayers? What are you new here? You don't know? I was new. I was new. Someone from the crowd is going to say, "Did he say venti mocha?" I wanted to write a. Uh, um, I well, I, I guess I wrote a bit. It just has never been used anywhere in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but uh, where I got on stage and uh, I was like, and it was I was introduced, or I was, you know, and Vince Roca. And then uh, someone in the crowd said, did he say venti mocha? And this was a background part, something completely unrelated to the movie. It was my Alfred Hitchcock cameo where like and something else was going on in the background. I I happened to be introduced. And then someone says, did he say venti mocha? And there was going to be a running gag throughout where uh, people were wearing T-shirts that say, I know Vince Roca. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it just. It wasn't, I guess it is an ego thing, but it wasn't intended as an ego thing. I just thought it was, like, if you if you walked around with a shirt that said, you know, I know Rick Harris, right, right. eventually someone would be like, who's Rick Harris? Right. So I was like, why not make up these shirts that say, instead of Rick Harris, Vince Roca? And then people would be like, what? Did he say Venti Mocha? That's how that whole thing came about. Anyway, man, you are, uh, I guess, it visually we'll talk about your boob real okay. quick. I had a breast implant. You had an implant. Uh, I think I don't think those are silicone. Joke. That is that is. This is a really great toy. <laughs> um, what he is holding that uh, <laughs> you guys can't see if you're listening. Oh my god! Um, right. Is a boob from a real doll. From a real doll. Yeah, that's from one of those five thousand dollar real dolls. That's amazing. When uh when we used to go to Vegas and do the consumer electronics show, uh Real Doll had a booth next to ours and they sold those things back then for like five bucks. Oh really? Uh, that's yeah. wow. Yeah, and he gave me at the end of the show he gave me two, those two that um had that they had been using on the counter as samples, like right. for people to touch and play with right. or whatever so uh i sanitized and washed them that is just it's it's amazing i mean i don't know if it feels like skin it's not it's like it doesn't feel that. like rubber really no it's it's really it's a weird uh but yeah so is a boob so yeah. <laughs> particularly a silicone boob yeah, yeah i don't know so those things stuck around and they were eventually going to make their way into a movie somehow some way some form i i just i don't know they're just no. so weird like how do you yeah. throw i can't throw that out no, no a it was free yeah so i didn't no. actually spend any money on it um b you know how do you like what do you do with that no, i don't it's, it's, it's so an amazing weird. thing those people, are amazing like you touched it and people always find it now you see if you can get it to stay on that ledge um i'm gonna move this <laughs> over. Let's, go like let's go this maybe. way and then here i wanna put your hands on something oh there you go um <laughs> so uh, aside from that Okay. Uh, our last podcast was on your deathbed. Which I got a, a lot of fun responses. Tom Ayers is dying. You didn't I, post it as I instructed. I didn't. No, I told well, you. Well, there might have been some drugs involved at the point. Oh, is that the problem? That might have happened. I, I thought like, I, I did. At your, like I looked at your times. Facebook post and I'm like, he didn't He didn't ask for the. Oh, the you got to make the ask. Oh, Always yeah. be closing. You got to. No, and I was I, like, just ask for the sub- subscribe. I have to be honest. I felt weird going. I, I felt weird going, hey, this is me on my deathbed. Can you subscribe to my channel? You know what I mean? It was weird. That is 
that has got to be the craziest thing. You're on your deathbed. You could ask for anything. That's true. No, that's that's absolutely true. And you I, would be asking people to do something that costs them nothing. No, but but the but you have to see the the absurdity to it, and also the you're the, a fucking comedian. Of course, there's absurdity to it. What is wrong with you, sir? <laughs> Pander. <laughs> so I, I didn't I didn't do that, and and I didn't get any new subscription. No, I did. I got yeah. one or two. Yeah, there's like one or two, and yeah. I'm just like it's and like so... be subscribed. One girl uh, said something to the effect of like, and I know she was a fucking actress. Uh, she said something to the effect of like, she doesn't subscribe to YouTube. She would rather see people in person. And I, I wanted to just get into a war with her. And I would be like. She said that on, or she sent you a message. No, she I said didn't it see on that. Your, yeah, she said it on your I didn't thing. See it. Um, and I so just wanted to be like, oh, you don't want to support people's work, no. right? No. So the next time you're in a play, I'll just go, I don't go to plays. I prefer to watch it on TV. Yeah. Like, or you're in a movie. Oh, I don't pay for movies. I prefer to, like, it was, I'm like, and I knew it's the typical thing that a stupid actress would say. Um, I shouldn't speak that way as a director, <laughs> but, you know, I don't really direct much anymore, do I? Uh, let's see. Uh, so as I'm looking up exactly what she said, which doesn't really matter, but I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, what, uh, what's new? Like what happened? What's, uh, right, so, so is... last time we saw you, you were in the hospital ready to die. Right. And, and then, um, what happened was the, um, BPM, um, beats per minute went down to like 36, uh-huh. which is supposed to be between 60 and 90. And I started getting cold sweats and dizzy. Right. Excuse me. And, um, so I went to the ER and it's really funny. It's it's really funny because people freaked out every, as soon as you say beats per minute, they, they flip out, you know, and I'm sitting there going, well, I'm just a little dizzy. Right. Relax. Right. Just a little dizzy. Like I'm not going anywhere, but they're like, he's going somewhere. Right. Right. Which is nice to have them freak out. Not me freak out. This is the way it's supposed to be. Sure. So anyway, um, then I went and then, and, they put me in. They gave me a room uh-huh. for free. For free. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they gave me a Under room. Obamacare, I, maybe. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> but um, do they give you a bill? Did you get a bill? I didn't get a bill. Oh, you haven't gotten a bill I, yet. No, no. You get yeah. one though, right? Yeah, it shows I, it, I yeah. get a bill. Yeah, great. Yeah, and it'll it'll be this one would probably be around around eighty thousand. <laughs> Serious? I know. <laughs> Yeah. It was for a week though, because my wasn't your last. Wait a minute, but the, wasn't the last time like your last operation like three hundred thousand? That, no, that one was one seventy, one sixty, and the one well, before so 80, that eighty was, for this seems kind this of expensive. Is, <laughs> Healthcare's no, gone up. You know, to be honest with you, it is. I mean, this is. Oh, this was just a hospital stay. That's why this one. Uh, like before, the, it was open heart surgery, but I was only there for twenty minutes. They were like in and out. <laughs> they were like, oh, you home. didn't stay the night? No, I did. I, yeah, I okay. open heart. Right. <laughs> um, no, I stayed like three days. Right. You know, I was in ICU like for really most of the time, and then as soon as I came out, I was like, okay, so now I'm going to mellow in this room for a little while. You know, in the green room before right. the, you know after the show, just kind of. They're like, no, you can go home now. And um, Nicole, I was talking to her about it, and she was like, they Guts had wife, barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> barbaric things you know because i was we were talking about how incredible technology is and then it's barbaric at the same time 
they taped me up with basically packing tape. Um, the last time that, or this time? The last time. Yeah, okay. And my whole arm was covered because they had so many different needles, so many different um, veins. Right. So, you know, and they'll go, going through my neck. It went all the way up to my neck. And it was basically that white, clear packing tape with just as much stick on that. <laughs> they went like, well, why don't we just use this? It was that, that bizarre. Mm -hmm. And when they were taking it off me, it was like my, everybody left the room because they were like, I can't take this. I can't watch him go through this. And I was like, I'd like to leave. <laughs> I mean, other than pulling out the catheter, that, those two oh, things nice. are the fun things. Yeah. You know? Um, and by the way, I don't remember putting it in. <laughs> I remember going, how come I don't have to get up and go to the bathroom anymore? <laughs> what happened there? This is great. <laughs> how do we get this? All right. So, uh, they right. gave you a free hospital room. So they gave me a free room. Right. And then, um, the first guy comes in and goes, so we're just going to probably handle this with medication and send you on your way. And I went, great. And the next guy comes in and goes, we're operating not tomorrow, but on Monday. And I was like, Whoa. First of all, I don't even like you. you. Go away. And he he was like, um, actually, I I had a big bump with him. I was like, I just everything that we talked about did not jive. Then, pretty much came in the next day and was like, let me explain. And he explained everything. Basically, the idea is my they can give you medication to bring it down. Right. Your heart rate, your heartbeat down, your blood pressure down. They don't have medication to go up. Salt and speed. You know, speed. Yeah, something Coke. like that. But and uh, you know, by machines, they they zap you with a right. You know, whatever. So the the pacemaker keeps it up. It keeps it at a right. at a um, what a desired. Um, beats per minute that they want. Yeah, it doesn't. Know? It doesn't allow you to drop below a certain. It's a, a like an automatic defibrillator. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which we're gonna get to in a sec because this is bizarre. But so I went in. He goes. He goes. Um, they wanted to give me the forgetter drug, and I said no. I opted out on that. The drug the, that you had taken the, before. The one I took before that was just hallucinating and. Right. It's like you know. What they're doing. I don't need to forget. I'm not scared. What Basically, all he was doing, he said to me, he goes, um, we just want you, for the forgetter drug is because we want you as calm as possible. And he goes, and sometimes people, when they're on the, the local, they forget and they're on drugs and they put, try to move their hands and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, so he goes, and we can't have any movement. Dude, that dude was tugging and I think he used his heel at some point to push it into my neck, you know. I'm like going, what? I'm not supposed to move? When? When is the calm? Okay, now let's go very, very delicate. So you were awake, awake? Awake, awake. Oh, okay. Was, it was a local. All right. The nurse said, we're going to put this little blue sheet over your head for just a second and then we'll take it off. She never took it off. <laughs> I was like, that's kanja. Um. Anyway, so... Um, came out the other side and just, you know, stoned in the recovery room going, that right. was it. All right, cool. So now it's just recovery. And it went under my muscle. They put the pacemaker under my muscle. Right. So that is like my body. It's takes a, it's a long healing process because your body is, doesn't want an extra piece in there. You know? Right. You said some of you, before we had started, you were starting to say something about a wire. Yeah. So they put that there, and then they put the wire. He, this is the reason why it was a delicate operation, is that the wire that goes through the vein that goes up to my heart uh -huh. is what zaps my heart. That's, right. so, and it, you can't push too far. If you push too far, the guy dies. And right. if you don't push far enough, 
you go back in the next day to, for, to right, fix it. Right, because then you're just shocking a vein, I guess. Yeah. And so they, like, tied my hands down, you mm-hmm. know, and they're apologizing for, like, um, for Velcroing my hands down. I said, no, no, I said, you know what? In my last operation, I pulled the tube out of my mouth, so you guys go ahead and nail those things down. <laughs> So the guy's right about the forgetter drug that, well, you know, people no, no, pulling no, no, and tugging no, that, things. The forgetter drug, I don't know if I ever pulled the thing out. No, but the, he's but he's saying, the doctor's saying that that's why he wants to give the forgetter drug because he doesn't want people like... Right, but you could and pulling. just hold their hands down or... Well, yeah, you, you know. could... And, well, but it, then I think probably people might feel uh, contained and start to struggle and worried I or think, whatever. I mean, you know, it's anxiety no matter what, you know, and, and I got it, but... I feel like, you know, we can deal with anxiety um, as opposed to just knock the guy out, you know? You got to admit, though, the majority of people that you know and that you meet overreact and... Absolutely. Yeah, and get... are are not in control of, you know, themselves. And uh, Yes, and but, I mean, you know, without getting extremely deep about this, um, the the things that I... I saw in my uh, open heart surgery right. the things that I remember, and I saw in, in, in through therapy or whatever, I, I went back and I looked at the whole thing, and I could tell you exactly what happened throughout the whole operation. Right. And because of that, the most incredible things I'll ever, ever experience in my lifetime happened. The forgetter drug, I could tell you... The most incredible hallucinations happened yeah. that w- that I could dream on any Tuesday night. You no, know? but what I mean is like in a day to day situation, uh, you know, you someone pulls their car into a parking lot and a shopping cart runs into it, and they're like, "Oh my god! Oh, yeah. no, god, look you. at this scratch!" Right. Um, the Benz Deanna saw a huge gouge on the side on the door. And I think it looks like a rock. And she was like, "What? When? When did this happen?" I was like, "Man," yeah. I got in the car, and she's like, "How are you not pissed?" I'm like, "It happens. What do you yeah. want to do? There's nothing like unless we go get it painted and buffed out. Like, what? What do you do? You just right, move right. on." Um, but so that's what I mean. So definitely. those people, most of society is predisposed that way. So obviously, if they're waking up in the middle of a surgery, yeah. they're gonna freak out. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, and and I mean, um, it. I think you know you can also get the forgetter drug for um, dental dental work, you know, oh. and all that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of people and, who have yeah. an irrational fear of the dentist. Yeah, so. and so I, I mean, you know, it's just it seems to be this uh, a complete non confront. And don't get me wrong, people have a hard time confronting it. I had a hard yeah. time confronting. It. I I think one of the worst memories moments of my existence were the night before my um my open heart surgery i went you know i'm kissing everything goodbye right 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 you know and i it was peace with the world yeah i was i was literally hovering over my bed going this is the last time i'm going to look at my wife this is the last time i'm going to look at life this is it well that's harsh and and you you're sitting there trying to smile through it and then right. she's like i'm going to go home and then or i'm like go home go you don't need right. to be here for this you know, and then you sit there alone. and then she walks out the door and I'm like, like this it. is the worst moment of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I totally, I totally and then you wake horrible. up and the, you know, the doctor goes, did you mean to pull that tube out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I remember I was like, so, so stoned. I went, yeah. And he goes, why would you do that? 
And then later I went, I lied to you, man. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I just don't <laughs> ask somebody a simple question like that when, what kind of question? Anyway. Um, so after all this, right? Yeah. I go home. My heart's beating. Oh, the guy came in before I left the. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, before you go home, you got so you got this pacemaker put under your your yes. your muscle, and there's a wire that goes down to your heart, yeah. and it keeps in case your your level drops below, it shocks you. Um, you we it's not covered in the last podcast, but as I saw you in the hospital, we talked uh, more than once at length about the pacemaker. Right. I was a big advocate of you getting a pacemaker. Right. You were very right. against yes. getting a pacemaker. What? So how do it, you feel? Are the you, second day, I'm now I understand what it does. Right. You know, before I, first of all, before I, I came was, home and I said to Deanna, I, I recounted that for Deanna, and she's like, "Why? You yeah, should yeah. get a pacemaker." No, like, well, also, I thought it was open heart again. Which, oh, okay. by the way, I think if I was going to opt into open heart again or not, right, I would go with not, right, right, and right. that's my own choice. And, yeah. and um, you know, it, it depends. But um, so I thought it was open heart that they were going in again. I thought that um, that what it did was control my heart completely. I didn't understand that it just jacks it up. Some if it goes do. To, yes. Oh, some of them work a hundred percent of the yeah. time, but that's because your heart stops working a hundred percent of the time. Right. Well, your heart's not doing it. Your heart has stopped my working a hundred percent of the time. My heart came down to 36 beats per minute. Your heart which, is on the forgetter drug. <laughs> yes. It doesn't remember no, no. that it, how many, how and many beats was they that? Said that, that the, was that 34 or 35? <laughs> the top is it was kind of stretched out, and so I'm like, "Is this ever going to be normal again?" And they're the like, "The top yeah. of your heart is like stretched, yeah, it's stretched out." out That's they weird. Said. Yeah, which I'm like, at every question, I'm always like, "And the longevity here?" <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm waiting for them to go a couple weeks, you know, right. four four months, but they're always like a hundred a hundred years, hundred years. I'm like a hundred years from now, or like <laughs> you know, but um, so. So your he feelings on the and, and, and so I understand it more, and then I go, "Okay, so now." You know, I hate the fact that um, that it's in there. I I don't like it, but the why it takes away the nerves of now. What's going to happen with my heart today? Uh, right, right. Now the good thing is now that it's in and it's over, um, and I know I'm stuck with it. If if it starts to go like AFib or something higher, right. they can always handle that with drugs. If it starts to go too low, right, this will handle it. I found it weird, and I found it your argument in the hospital. You are more apt to take drugs than rely on technology. I mean, drugs are a product of technology, but why? Why? Why are you okay with feeding a chemical into your body as opposed to just giving it up? Depends to, on what the chemical is. <clears throat> I don't. I mean, like if a it's freaking a chemical, iPod is amazing, man. Like I mean, that's amazing oh, piece of technology. Like, if, like that's like a heart, a pacemaker. They said like we were if, put if in... iPods, if you could fit eight thousand songs on a little pacemaker, then I'm sure it I can said keep to them, your heart beating. If you correctly. could put an iPod in there, I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. Um, I said, this all it does is the heart. Oh, well, I want more. I want Netflix and I want Hulu. <laughs> I want... This is, I think, all a possibility. <laughs> so you, I, I don't. You're, you're okay with it. You, I don't know. Okay, so here, here you go. Here's one of the you things. You got it. Can you feel it? I do. You, I mean, do uh, you, you're you know, just standing there. You yawn and you tighten up your neck muscles. I can feel it. You can feel it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also can feel it. Um, um, shock my heart. 
you know, like when it slows down. How often has that happened? Um, right now. Okay, so now. Right. Has right. it happened since you got here? Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, can you, is the ticking gone? No. Okay. I, I can't hear no, it. Right All right. I, I bet you put this microphone there. You'll hear that. Probably. But All right. yeah. anyway, so Why, wait a minute. You wait. you hear it. Shock. No, you don't hear it. You don't hear the pacemaker. You hear the ticking. You hear the, the tick. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, the guy, before I left the guy from, oh, um, St. Jude's. Yeah. St. Jude's is who makes this. And oh. I, he came in and he goes, that's a St. Jude's um, pacemaker, right? And I said, yeah. I said, uh, I said, I guess so. I said, but I, um, I also have the St. Jude's uh, valve. I was like, um, I pretty much pay your, <laughs> your salary. I'm like, you're because you're of me. Uh-huh. So, so I want you to treat me right. Anyway, so he sat down. He drapes this thing I over. I thought maybe my sh- you pulled out your sub club card and you got an extra stamp. <laughs> I was like, you stamp that? Yeah. I got two. Yeah. Two St. Jude things. In. All right, go on. So he drapes this ring around it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And and it's around my neck, like you would drape your um uh, your ear pod, you know, your Right. That's the way it's like it's just hanging there. Right. And then <clears throat> he connects it to his com- his laptop and he goes, "All right, so it's firing about 16% of the time right now." Right. And I didn't I didn't think of anything. That guy he checked it and he left. Right. Right. So then two days ago, I went to the doctor uh-huh. and he goes, let's check this out. Right. And he drapes the same little ring o- around it. And then he goes over to his laptop and he goes, oh, see, and he's, he's showing me the EKG on it. You know, the and he goes, that's that's uh, he goes, the red ones are your own heart. The black ones are the machine. Mm-hmm. And he says it's about 30 percent of the time. <clears throat> so then he goes. How do you feel about that? You and I was like, no, I'm good. Right. I said, he goes, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, I'm good. You know, that, that's fine. Right. And he goes, how's this? And he hits like the backspace button. <laughs> and dude, I had this like sense of relief come over my body. I was like, oh man, that's nice. Right there. What did you <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. I'd leave it there. I said, don't, 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 don't. Don't just leave it right there. And he goes, okay, so you like that? And I went, yeah, I really like that. It was the m- most, the weirdest sensation. All it, it just, all of a sudden I felt relaxed. It's like, I didn't know I didn't feel relaxed. Right, and then, right, 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 yeah. And then I went, oh, that's nice right there. Yeah, what's that? What's that? I was like, leave that. And he goes, okay, we're at 57 beats per minute. He said, I, I backed it down. So I was like, and that's Okay. I went, because I like it. Can we keep it there? Oh. I was like, is this, are you just toying with me? You're going to put it back to 60? And he goes, no. He said, we can go all the way down to 50. So I guess, you know, 60 to 90 is is like the... Right. Um, More of an athletic. Right. Anyway. That's kind of fascinating <clears throat> because um, I... Your heart... Okay, so the more stress that I get, the higher my heart rate goes. But I didn't realize that the higher my heart rate goes, the more stress I get. Mm. Like, oh, I got you. That it goes yeah. the other way. Like, clearly, you know, if you get scared or whatever, all these things, you get stressed out, all these things affect your heart rate. But uh, I didn't, like, clearly your body's reacting to a faster heart rate. Yeah. Um, 
My legs that's, felt that's jumpy. My <clears throat> and I I didn't realize it because I had it for basically two weeks. Right, and you, you also know? had come off of spending a week with like thirty six beats and right. in a bed, and very much like trying to remember what normal was before that is yeah. difficult. So, so yeah, in your I recovery, mean, what so. he he did, and it's kind of bizarre because I I was sleeping really hard too. You know, before with that, or? no, with the sixty beats per minute, uh-huh. I I was there were like, I was taking naps. I don't know if that was just extra. I don't know if that if I was just adding extra, um, the anxiety was right. tiring me out. But since since he backed it down, I kind of notice it more. I, I notice it kind of when it shocks it more. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times where it's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, if I lay down all of a sudden. I, it it it's like my heart goes. Why are we doing this? You know, and and it starts jacking up, and it takes a few minutes to get kind of settled in. Oh, because you're it's you're physically trying to rest, and it's it's trying to keep you going. And yeah. So it's like, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm telling you, what he did made me feel like such a, a cyborg connected. I mean, if if you right. imagine just sitting there, you know, just I told you my father-in-law's it. Bluetooth or whatever they they adjust it from a. That is so messed up. Yeah, it is so. And his on the other side pacemaker is full control. Mm. It fails, he dies. Like, oh really? Yeah, his heart has okay. no more control. It's all his pacemaker. Yeah, he said. He said because um, I I was like, so what's the deal? Thirty percent, sixteen percent, you know, eighty percent. What? And he goes, he said there are some that work one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, you know, um, and I mean, you know, again, if. It doesn't bother me to the point where I hate it, but I can feel it. You know? Right. And then I guess just like the clicking from the, the valve, uh-huh. the, the mechanical valve, you kind of get, you guess you get used to it. At some yeah. point, you're going to, yeah. yeah, you're not going to feel it yeah. anymore. You're going to forget that it's there. It's just, I think it's just going to become, I mean, other than feeling, yeah, physically feeling it. Yeah. Uh, I had mentioned defibrillator and you were going to, is that? There's what? ones that have the defibrillator in it. Right. Well, it's um, kind of what that does. Because um, basically like I, your heart rate drops below and it shocks it. My mom's friend said, oh, get the one with the defibrillator. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I'm not like shopping I here. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. let him tell me what to do. St. Jude's SM31 <laughs> versus the SR62. Get the 31 yeah. series. Yeah, don't, don't go want, below that. Yeah, it's just that. ridiculous. And then it's it's really weird, the people who know and that are talking about it, like it's common knowledge, and then the people who have no clue. You know, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are. If you've gone through it, you understand it, you know, because you sat there and listened to the doctors and they told you what is going on. Yeah, sure. And then you have somebody who's a genius and is like, what is that thing? What does it do? You know, they just don't know. Right. So it's, you know, this this little woman is sitting there talking to me about, you know. She the knows the ins and the outs. And Yeah, and she goes, and you know, um, she goes, I'm due to go in and get my battery rechecked, you know, right. put in. And everybody keeps saying to me, you know, the, your battery is good for 10 years. It's 10-year battery, 10 years, good for 10 years. And I'm like, it's just thank you for telling me. <laughs> it's good to know. Oh, I think it's good for a lot longer than that. They just, and to the 10-year mark, they're going to replace it, it. He actually said, he goes, if your um, failure rate is probably 20. If you're using it all the time, he yeah. said it's a 10-year. But they also check that. You're going to go in, you know, once a year or regularly yeah. to yeah. get that thing draped over your neck and on it and they'll know what the battery percentage is at that point too yeah so 
I just, it, it's so bizarre to sit, I'm like looking at young Frankenstein, like going, are you doing you know, this to me? Are you, you, when I saw you in the bed and I was very much an advocate for the pacemaker, still am. You're um, the one. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, uh, I have Facebook notices on this, on this machine. All right. Um, I was very much an advocate for uh, it and I still am. And really the reasoning behind that is because your heart failed. Your heart is broken. It's done. It's, you know, why my line of thinking, and this was the same when my father-in-law went through it as well. He was worried about it too. But, you know, you've reached a point. There's no other option. Like your heart is giving up on you. You're spending a week in the hospital. You're, you know, you're trying to control it. And to hell with drugs, to hell with a chemical that you have to remember to take every day. Like that to me is just ridiculous go straight technology and fix the problem like well when you need to i'm not i'm not against it i'm just saying let's let's get my back up against the wall to it let's if there's something that i can do i think your back obviously your back was up against the wall because the doctors agreed too but yeah you know you're down to 36 beats per minute and you're not feeling well i also more importantly when we were when i was at your house and we were putting in that window and you were worried about like your heart and where things were you know you were like i'm done i mean it's i've really every day is borrowed time Mm -hmm. this is it and certainly if you're at that point it's time to put in the electronics to become bionic well um and the guy the doctor before him said there's some things we can do medically um you know medicine wise and Mm -hmm. so i was like all right let's try that i'm it's not it's not that i'm on my back against the wall i wanted to be like okay this is the next step to do you know um it's the same thing when i had the the um dilated root Mm -hmm. and everybody like there were there were people that were going don't leave the hospital without having this done Mm -hmm. you know and i i was like i'm going home i'm fine i'm going home Mm -hmm. and i waited a year before i went in um to do it and i went in i waited a year not smart no it wasn't the better the better by the way the one doctor that said don't leave the hospital without having this done the other guy went go on home we'll keep an eye on it you know, so it's like it's just who you're talking to. Yeah, well, um, because on one hand, if you go home and we keep an eye on it, it could heal, it could improve, it could become stronger. Well, that, but on the other hand, it could callous over and become a worse problem to now deal I, with. And that was what I had to learn. Medical science is not, you know, it's not perfect. Right. It's not, and that's that's not what I had to learn. And I I had to, um, I said to him at the time. Um, I, I said to a bunch of nutritionists, can you, can you help me? I need the dilated root that's at 5.9 millimeters. I need it to come down to 3.9, mm-hmm. you know? And they were like, yeah, we could do that, definitely. And they were lying. They were blatantly making believe they knew. Right. Because finally I had a friend that um, did a kickboxing class with a uh, well, like cardiologist a f- from um, Cedar sinai Yeah. Um, as actually a thoracic surgeon, and he said, "Oh, let me. Can I ask you a question? You know, kind of part of the office question." Right. And he said, "Sure." And he said, "My friend, blah blah blah, dilated root." He said, um, "Your friend's waiting around to die. Tell him to go get the operation." Mm-hmm. So he came back and he told me, and I, I had gone in and they tested it again, and it actually came lower. It was like four point seven, mm-hmm. and I went, "Oh my God, it's it's shrinking," and somebody else went, "It's probably a different angle. Mm-hmm. It's probably you know." 
And so I was like, I'm so pissed that I'm not getting a straight answer any way you look at it. And I'm not ready to go to medical school to figure this out. You right. know, there's no way to just take that one course, you know, on dilated roots. Right. So I'm, um, in the end, then came the, okay, we're going to put in a, 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 a artificial root. But then you'll probably end up getting an artificial valve from that. And if you get the artificial valve, you'll have to go on Coumadin for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then talking to people about Coumadin, that's a fun drug because they're, you know, they make you feel like if you miss a dose of that, you're going to die. Right. That's why chemically. But yeah. that's that drug. And then also if I'm taking it right and I fall and bump my head, I could die. Right. You know, right. So they're like, well, let's fix your heart so you don't fall and bump your head. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, you guys, I'm just getting more and more pissed right. because I'm sitting here listening to. Well, hold on a second. If your heart rate goes down to 36 beats per minute and you fall and bump your head, I'm like, no, 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 hold on. I'm not going to fall and bump my head because my heart went down to 36 beats per minute. I'm going to fall and bump my head because I tripped over a fucking hose. Right. That's why I'm going to when I my beat heart. Beat goes to 36 beats per minute. I slink down and I go, Mom, call 911, would you? <laughs> That's what I do. Right. You know? Right. Or you crawl across the backyard on your hands and knees. Yeah. Um, you know, the the whole thing like ginseng, ginkgo biloba, Eastern medicine, all of that. The problem is, is your mind has an amazing power to heal your body. Yes. But you... I don't believe that we can directly control that. What I mean is, is you can't say repair a aorta right. and the mind repairs the aorta. What you can do is you go through life with a strong belief that you are a hundred percent healthy and your mind keeps all of that going. And when people out there, when they, when they fail at that, when they, I don't want to use fail, when they don't believe that they are healthy and then they find ginseng or something or some Eastern medicine technique, these people who are trying to bring you down to a three through dietary, through nutrition, um, and they think, oh, this is the solution and they start taking it and they put all their belief in that and through time, the mind does correct it. It does become a solution. And obviously, I'm not against chemicals completely chemicals have been proven to fix and and right. do that i took ibuprofen last night i heard i took a pill and it does wonders right. um but there are other technologies like a pacemaker which has been you know tried and true and completely figured out and like done so many times done to death literally right we know how this works you know we're in and out things are fixed you're on your own you're you're back into the world all is well again. You don't have to worry about anything else. Um, like to me, that is the answer over the guessing game of other well, things. Yeah, and and to some degree, you're. I mean, it's just like the medicine. It's like, do I need it? Do I not need it? If just as and much that's as a danger in itself, because mentally you're you're not you either you mentally believe in it in a hundred percent, and that's you know half your battle, or you mentally don't believe in it in a hundred percent. And then, of course, you know, the other side of it is some medicines have, are proven to do an actual function. And if you don't believe in them and you need them, you know, right. it's it's this world Look, of there's the not absolutes I mean, in um, medicine. Yesterday, day before, I um, was feeling like crap. I was um, 
lot of it seemed like anxiety. It seemed like upset. It was two days it, ago. It was, Two three days ago, okay. Yeah. And, um, I started to get a migraine headache, and uh, and it was also um, I was driving around with the top down, and it was the first really hot day, so I'm kind of oh, yeah. dehydrated. I didn't take you know, yeah. consider of that yeah, same problem. Yeah, and then it, well, no, then, yeah, go and, on. And then I took some potassium for that, which I think jacked my blood pressure up. You know, all this stuff, and I I went and checked my blood pressure. It was 165 over 82, right? Mm-hmm. So I went and. Took blood pressure medicine, brought it down to 129. I felt better. I was like, wow. You know, I drank a whole bunch of water. I, mm-hmm. um, I took, I stopped taking the potassium, but I drank a whole bunch of water, ate a little something, you know, and then it was like, okay. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like handling things as I go. Mm-hmm. The overall, what you're talking about going uh, mechanical versus medicine, mm-hmm. if the medicine, there's something that you take temporarily, that especially that's the case. If you can, sure. and I can't tell you how many times I've had, a, a, like growing up, I used to have migraine headaches weekly, mm-hmm. easy. I'd get, get a headache almost, oh, every three days I'd get a headache. Um, looking back, is probably lack of water, lack of right. you know, salt, potassium, whatever. It's something very, very, very simple. But I didn't know, and I was 15 and whatever, all my life. And I would take. Um, it started out. I took Excedrin until um, the until I think ibuprofen came out, mm-hmm. and then I stopped taking Excedrin because I was like bouncing off the walls because that's just like pure caffeine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But and I used to call throughout my whole stand up career. I, I would just take a couple um, Advil just for fun because I was like they're my funny pills. I'll feel better if I take them. Right. You know. Um, One time I remember getting a migraine headache where I had like tied a towel around my head and I sat there and I, I came in from the kitchen I took three Advil and I put it down mm-hmm. and I tied this thing around my head and I fell asleep and I woke up with no more headache and I or in 10 minutes I went wow man those fucking Advil they work so quick <laughs> and I didn't take them I I pulled the the towel off my head I looked down there the Advil sitting there wow so now you talk about what your mind can do right and you talk about what your overall viewpoint is what is king. Right. That's, that's the thing. You your know? perception, your reality is your perception. Your perception yeah. is reality. Uh, your consideration is paramount to everything else. Right. That's what it is. Right. And you sit there and you go, well, hold on a second. Um, but I needed those. I need right. those. Right. You know? And that's, that's where I can sit there and I go, okay, hold on a second. Let me not just jump into it. Granted, this wasn't jumping into the, uh, the pacemaker. This right. is, like you said, I was sitting there. I actually was talking to somebody, and they went, dude, I'm so glad you had this pacemaker put in. This is a couple of years now going. He right. goes, I think three years you were upset about your heart rate. Right. And I was like, wow, really? Yeah. You know, I, I, I had to recall that because I, I constantly feel like it's, it's new. Right. You know? Right. I feel like all this shit is new with me. Yeah, you've you know? your uh, a, aortic tear right now is three months old. The the, the tear, the one that's tearing down toward your abdomen. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah. That's like three months. Well, three no, no, four no that's old. the we original. About, the dissection. The dissection. That's, yeah, that's that dissection is part of the the one that's six years old now. Four years old. Right, but you um, you have a dissection right now that still needs to be taken care that's, of. That's what. Is the has not been 
um, confirmed. Oh, you... That's not been confirmed because the last thing that they did, the last x-ray that they did that told them that Mm -hmm. was um, not far enough down in my abdomen to tell them that. So when I called the surgeon and I sent them all the information and I I was like, well, wait a minute. They said that it's still tearing. Mm -hmm. And she said, how could they tell? Because she goes... Um, they didn't even get down low enough to see that. There, there's not enough. Um, oh. So, so you may not have an aortic so I, I don't think, dissection again. I don't think so I So what's next? Are you going in to have anything checked? Or are you... I, I, in, um, in August, I, I go in for my, um, my six-month deal. So right now we're, so, everything is just on, like we're going through life that you don't have an aortic dissection yeah, and no. that you're fine and right. you, you just every day you wake up and you go. And now I guess to, to button this up, every day you wake up and you go, I, you're probably taking some sort of pill or some medication because of the pacemakers in now just to transition or are you not taking anything? No, I'm not supposed to be taking the Norco anymore. <laughs> That's not oh, that's supposed a, to be happening. That is really fun to happen. That's it, like a like it's a, a fun drug. Yeah, like like drinking or whatever, like a Dude, happy pill. Yeah. I all I know is last night I went to go to bed and I was hurting. Uh huh. Like my head was hurting and my ankles were hurting and my, my yeah. back was hurting. It had nothing to do with the pacemaker. And I'm like, come here, little narco, oh. narco. You're gonna make um, Tom feel better so you can go to sleep. It's funny uh, when it's all of a sudden when it got hot the following day, like or actually that night, I had a hard time sleeping, mm. and it felt like my muscles were all cramping and atrophied, and I kept stretching them out. And I got mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night and I walked around, and it wasn't until morning that it occurred to me I haven't drank drank enough water. What it is is there's just not enough water. I the weather changed and I wasn't prepared for it or i didn't drink for it uh and then i just you know i just gulping the, down water again the now. problem that i found here in la is that the um it's so dry that you, you don't sweat as much you it dries off your skin right away if you were in right. in uh atlantic city it comes out it just dries yeah. you're in atlantic city you would just sweat right through your t-shirt right you know what i mean constantly right so I'm the the difference isn't the sweat factor. The difference is the dry factor. And here I'm driving around in a, a, a convertible, the heat blaring on me, and I look up and I'm not sweating. That's bizarre, you know. Mm-hmm. But I am sweating. It's just evaporating. And then I'm, if I don't take water, here's another thing. Like since my muscles have, um, since I I had the ischemia and I lost a lot of muscle to my leg and stuff. There, it's so a lot. Messing with your eye. Thinner. Yeah, it did something to the Um, I cramp up if I just go to lift my leg up, like you know, girl, like it's a kiss on the cheek, and she lifts her foot up like. Oh that. yeah. Yeah, I go to do that, which I, you know, you do kiss me on the yeah. cheek all the time. And my, my thigh will cramp up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, in bed, I'm. I mean, ever since you know, seven years now, I. I do that stretch while you're sleeping, and mm. then my leg cramps up, and I jump up out of bed and stand up on it, mm. and um, had go back to sleep for another 15 minutes before I do that again. You know, um, and people are going, "It's potassium, it's water, potassium, mm. water, potassium." Mm-hmm. Um, the other night when I was taking all that potassium, there's also like you can OD, not OD, but you take too yeah, much potassium, right. mm-hmm. and the cramps come back. 
You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because you didn't take enough water to the potassium. I don't know. I don't know. But water's the electrolyte. Just suck that stuff down, and it'll fix most of your problems. Yeah, Flush it everything I out. That to be true. Um, all right, right on. So let's see. It's forty-three minutes in. Maybe we can talk about something a little more fun, as opposed to Tom mm-hmm. Death. You got anything else? I have like I have a whole slew of stuff here. What do you got? Um, what uh, it was actually? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't see the rest of the thread. Maybe maybe it was deleted uh, on your Facebook page. Subscribe to his heart will fill with joy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, people are listening. This is dead air, and this is so bad. I'm looking for the who the girl was that said that she. Didn't want to subscribe. Whatever. It doesn't matter. One of your friends is an idiot. Um, so, okay. Okay. You, well, you're a little bit older, um, but did you no, ever no. imagine that you would bang a 63-year-old chick? Wow, look at her. Christine Brinkley is in uh, this month's. Sports Illustrated with her two daughters. That chick is 63 years old. 63 years old and she's hot. Like, isn't that, that's totally, like, I look, she doesn't look like she's 19. I'm not saying she looks like she's 19. No, but still, I mean, you know, that's abnormal. That is an insanely bangable 63-year-old. Yeah. Um, There's another photo of her. There's another Yeah, that other thing that's right there. Uh, You know I have a heart condition, right? I do know that you have a heart condition. Well, then what are you showing me? Oh, there's her daughters to the left right there. Get out. But um yeah, the her daughter? Yeah, well, the top one is with Billy Joel and the bottom one is with someone else. Um Whoa. and the top one uh looks like Billy Joel has Billy Joel's eyes. I was going to say wait a minute. <laughs> a second. Yeah, she has Billy Joel's yeah. eyes. She's a pretty girl. Yeah, but she but has Billy Joel's eyes. If if I didn't know that it was Billy Joel's, I would like her better. But now I'm looking at Billy Joel going, "Ah." <laughs> I think you're right about that. Like, there's a certain oddity. Like, you look at her and you go, oh, she's pretty. And then when you realize she's Billy Joel's daughter, you go, oh, I'm looking at Billy Joel's eyes. I don't, I never looked at Billy Joel and went, he could be a hot chick. (laughs) Right. I never thought that. Right, right, right. And that's what that is. Uh, And the bottom one, obviously, is taking off of after mom. By the way, the bottom one, I'm still trying to look at her face. I can't. There's other that, pictures you can you can turn picture. the pages. That's just a big um, old butt picture, and not big at all. Just a butt, just picture. a butt picture. So I was blown away when I realized how hot she was at 63. 66. 63. That is amazing. She is. I look. I am not kidding. She is collecting Medicare. Oh wow. She is on med. That is a bangable Medicare recipient. That's. Yeah, which what the I, hell? I don't think those words really go together. Like what that? The, when did I, I? I'm blown away because I'm like, when did I become that old that I would bang a 63? No, year old? no, no, no. That's not fair because what you're looking at, a 19 year old would look at her and go, "Oh man, I don't want to touch that." Bangable. You know? Um, I don't know. It's I not, wonder. Like, I look at you know, like Jennifer Aniston and and who's 40. 40 to 45, something like that. I don't know, uh, Courtney Cox or whatever. And I wonder, what's it like to be to, to be 20 or, or 15 now? Would you bang Jennifer Aniston or I, is that just an old bro? You know I, I have to say this, and I'm, I'm going against the guy grain here. I am absolutely doing this. Um, but, and I don't know if it's since my divorce, um, I have gotten 
pickier, mm-hmm. but not because of looks. I've got an mm-hmm. attitude pickier. Mm-hmm. Like, I will sit, stand next to a woman that no way that 20, 30 years ago, I, would, I wouldn't even look at her twice. I would right. go, no, and judge her and, and go, no, extra weight, whatever, big nose. I don't care what it was. I would go, not hot, goodbye. Right. You know? And now I sit there and I go, wow, she's probably got this really sexy attitude and she's really pretty, a beautiful person that I would want to sit there and laugh with and joke with and have, and like, you know, toy with and play. Right. And we would have a great time. And then they open their mouth and I go, oh. yeah. you know, and that's where I'm like, oh, yeah. let me get out of it's here. I just got to run, let me run, yeah. you know. But on one hand, the the physical end is a lot less picky. And don't get me wrong. I haven't started dating a woman that, you know, I, I just feel like, um, I feel like the excitement in bed, all that stuff comes from the attitude. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. If they're like a, you know, scary looking, I can't, I, I can't imagine myself doing that. But it's a lot less picky. I'm a lot less physically picky about physical, um, as opposed to personality. Before a hot chick that was an asshole, I'd right. be like, ah, yeah, but she's really hot. You know? Right? Come on, she's hot. Right. right. Now I'm like, as soon as they. They that red flag comes up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, go, go, little girl, go, run. Yeah, be free. It's yeah, it's totally. You get to the point where it's the attitude. You're like, it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's it's not. It makes like, her so ugly that I go. Here's the thing: you're experienced enough now to know that sex with an ugly woman and sex with a hot woman is the same sex. She's just hot, but that's going to fade after two minutes. At after two minutes. Two minutes. You're like, that wasn't worth it. So right. when you at when you realize that okay it uh, sex is the same it's the same act now it comes down to when the 2 minutes are up do i want to be with crazy yes or do i want to you know hang out with girl that we can w- watch game of thrones or right, right. you know <laughs> yeah no <laughs> walking exactly. dead with um have a pizza and yeah that's a huge thing like i had said to Deanna, i don't remember what we were talking about but there was something we're watching girls on hbo i don't know if you ever seen it chicks no are crazy. i haven't but I w- chicks are freaking crazy but um uh anyway funny show That's but Apatow, right? yeah, yeah. Apatow. and uh nina uh nina dunham and i stayed away from the show because of her i stayed away from the show because of her politics and oh. i thought like she had said a tweeted a lot of stupid shit yeah that i was like i i don't i can't i right. can't get into this and i just figured it was another sex in the city then i heard her on howard stern and, and just the very act that she was on howard stern told me that you know, she wasn't as crazy as I thought if mm-hmm. she was, you know, willing to do his show, knowing, you know, she obviously no. knows who he was. And she was really funny, and I thought, all right, fine, let's watch the show. The show is great. She is good. Um, she's great, actually. Uh, she is overweight and unattractive, and she writes a lot of the episodes. And Really? She yeah she writes and directs she's amazing. Wow. What I love is is like early on and this continues to today. But early on, her and her boyfriend are sitting there and she says something like, "Well, when I was younger, I was fat." And he goes, "Well, you're not that fat now." <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. And her boyfriend in the show. 
And she didn't even give it a beat. Like, didn't even, like, was just like, yeah. And, like, it didn't make her sad. Right. She didn't react to it. Right. Just went about life, like, you know, was the thing. And I was like, oh, my God, she wrote that. Right, right. Like, that is so insightful and amazing. That's, that's wild. Because most of the time you want to write yeah. to make yourself look better. Or in a writer's room, if you wrote that. You Don't know, everybody in the room is like, this is funny. This is hilarious. How are we going to get the actress to deal with it? Right. Are we going to? So you got, you got seven people looking at you like, are you serious? Yeah. You yeah. Like I wrote a joke for, I was, I punched up a script a couple of months ago and I wrote a joke where I used the N word in the script. Yeah. And Deanna was like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. And I was like, it was funny. It yeah. was, it was the right. It worked. It was funny. And she's like, he's going to. When he reads it, he's going to think you're crazy. He read it. And he was like, this is funny. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I realize that it's all funny and everything works on the page. But then the day we're in the room and I have to, someone has to convince this person why they right. need to say the N word. Anyhow. Um, so I'm impressed that she writes her own stuff. She deliberately like through the show, it's become so obvious. I'm like five seasons in that she, uh, if she's presented with a, pretty outfit a cute outfit and a terrible outfit she takes the terrible outfit hmm. she continually makes herself look bad there is one episode in like season three where she puts on a cute outfit and looks good and then she's like nah she looks in the mirror and takes it off and then puts on like this frumpy ugly thing and so storyline it's not you're not, you're you're not saying that it's behind the scenes i think she's acutely aware of her out her reality of what it is to be overweight and unattractive in the world and not in the feel sorry for me or you people right, should right. stop sense. But That's... in the sense of like a lot of the time when someone is unattractive, they don't dress themselves up. They dress themselves down. Right, right. They don't have the self-esteem and they dress themselves down. Now, contrary to that, her character, and it's so complex. And this is why the show is done very well. Her character oftentimes has a lot of self-esteem and is a very strong woman. But there are these undertones of things that come out that are, you know, clearly insecurities and, and sometimes overt insecurities, but it's really well-written and really yeah. deep and really layered and, and interesting. And she like one of the girls, the hottest girl on the show has never been naked on the show. You've never, she's been naked, but you've never seen any of her. Lena Dunham, out of 50 episodes, you have seen her completely naked down to Bush and 40 of them. Mm. Um, it is so bad that you're like, is this show a vehicle? So she <laughs> she wanted to be a stripper. Like episode after episode. Last night she did a uh, episode we saw. She did a Sharon Stone thing to her boss and showed him her pussy. Nice. And you're... It, uh, there's things where you just drop your jaw and you're just like, why is she doing it? She, she got a ride from a friend, an old friend of hers, and she starts to blow him. Like, they've never had a, a sexual relationship before, but she felt like she should do something nice for him. And I'm sitting there slack jawed just going, what? Why is she blowing Ray? What? See, now, um, this is what you said six seasons in? Uh, it's six. This is the last season. Is season six. I am on season five, so yeah. I'm going to be wrapping it up shortly. So I I don't know. I sit there and I go, what I love about uh, about um, when you sit there and you you go, what? How did this get into the script? How, how did they, why are we going this way? 
six seasons in, they've done it all. And they're like, well, let's, you know, what if we, yeah. w- I mean, I remember. Um, they jumped the shark in, in season two and oh, they're they? struggling. Oh, really? They're clearly struggling. And they're, because season one is really good. And season two, um, like all of a sudden the last four episodes, they were like, we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Let's give her this uh, panic attacks and like stutter that this tick. Nice. nice. And See, I'm that's, like, what the hell that's is happening? Their back here? is against the wall, and yeah. and it, the execs are saying something, and and this yeah. is where we're going with it, and that's kind of what creates it. Um, Season Dexter, three, they recovered from that. Dexter, going. I I, um, I used to live next to the executive producer of Dexter, and I remember when he when he got that show, he goes, "Oh man," he said, "I'm I'm, I'm writing on a new show," mm-hmm. um, and we've kept in touch at most. You know, it's not like we're best friends, but right. he's he's a sweetheart and we, we get along. Right. Anyway, we get along enough that um, when something happened during the show that was just a, uh, like we, I remember I was married at the time and I'm looking at Nicole like, are you kidding? We did that just happened? Like banging his sister? It's yeah, it's like this heavy duty moment. Somebody mm. dies that you go, are you kidding me? And mm. I'm sitting there. I I it was the end end of the season. It was the the season finale and, and I shut off the TV and I was, we were both just staring at the TV. It was, that's how much it rocked us. Right. So I went over to my computer and I was like, <laughs> I put him up on email and I went, you fuck, <laughs> you fucking fuck. How could you do that? I'm like, I'm so pissed at you right now. Why would you do that? I'm like, this is so bizarre. I, and then he wrote back one sentence, dude, we needed the real estate. And, and I was like, I, you started rethinking every writer's room I've ever been in or or looked at or every um episode that you watch you go where are they in the in the um in the business world that they're allowed to write as free as they are right now right you know because somebody's going to come down and go you know what we need her more quirky we need him yeah. more this we need you know i watched i i watched uh an executive while the show was on and he's watching America tune in and tune out of the, t- uh, of, right. um, the show. Right. And the algorithm that we were watching, he was going, look, see this, see this. And he goes, now this is where Tony Danza starts talking about camels. And he goes, nobody likes camels. Mm-hmm. So they all see how they're all changing the channel. Right. And I'm looking at him like, are you nuts? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, and now see, this is where he starts talking about um, making crepes. Everybody wants to know how to make a crepe. And he goes, and now look at, and I went, how did people, people were on channel two and they went, hold on. I think Tony Danza is making crepes on the other right, channel. Right. How did they know to do that? And he goes, Just look at the numbers. He goes, you got to follow the numbers. And he goes, and that's what we're doing here all day long. And that gets a science. Right. And I was like, wow, man, I don't know how much of that science works and and how much is how much of that technical life when something is is working no matter what? It's that's it's happened pretty, way before the algorithm it's existed. Accurate, I would say probably like a good ninety percent of the time. That's so bizarre. It's just that ten percent of the time where you get these you know sleepers, these out of nowhere. Yes. Who knew that The Walking Dead would exactly. be the amazing you know show and juggernaut? Right. And it Seinfeld. Is. Seinfeld started and, terribly, you know, and they watched the numbers. But I mean, tank. right now we're looking at like shows like Breaking Bad and mm-hmm. Walking Dead that you know AMC, uh, House of Cards that other networks had completely passed up on. 
Um, and though that becomes the 10%. That yeah. becomes the... Yeah. Uh, this particular show, Girls, is on HBO, and they're known for not messing, not giving input and not right. messing. Like, you sink or swim, and right. if you sink, you just don't get a season two. Um, and I think... I think they're all when it Well, Netflix is... Yeah, ne- I, it's probably harder for the networks, for CBS, ABC, NBC, who've done it this way forever, yeah. and watch those numbers and have no idea how to create a show like Walking Dead or Game of Thrones where you just let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you not intervene? Because right. you can always... You, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm keen to it as well, where it's like... Oh, they needed they needed a fuzzy little animal, mm-hmm. so that's here mm-hmm. now. Um, I know that Lena wrote, Lena wrote uh, these episodes, and in season two, I think she herself probably was just lost, just going, "Oh my god, I did so I well in one. What am I going to do?" Anyway, to our original thing, I forget what we were watching, but Deanna and I was watching. We were watching something, and uh, someone did some girl did something crazy, and I looked at Deanna, and I was like, "You're not that hot." Like that, I would not stay with you. Oh, I remember what it was. Deanna felt that her personality, that she didn't have a personality. We were doing vlogs. That's what it was. And she was like, like, I'm not interested. I don't have a personality. Uh, you know, you know, you're funny or you come up with these things or whatever. And just, I'm not. And I was like, you have a personality because I wouldn't be with you if you didn't have a personality. And I was like, you're not that hot. And she was like, oh. And I was like, that is a compliment. <laughs> like... <laughs> That is, a, I would not be with you yeah. if you didn't have a personality. I couldn't handle that. So, yeah, uh, to no, our original, you know thing. what that that's amazing um, in in itself because um, other than finding a voice, finding your voice, and a lot of just from doing stand up for years and and working with people who are coming up, they need stage time for one one thing, and that's to learn their voice, what works for them, right. why they're standing there. Because the first the first 20, 80 times on stage, they could be doing what they think it is and not going anywhere near what it was. I, very specifically with me, I had gone to watch my father do stand-up uh, from as long as I can remember till I was 15. And mm-hmm. then at 18, he goes, get him to do stand-up. You look so freaking nervous when you're in the band. He goes, that would... That's going to kill the nerves. Mm-hmm. He goes, you learn how to control the crowd. He goes, you'll never be nervous again playing bass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to do it. Got up. I was being him. I was being him all the time. Right. And I was getting laughs. Right. I was, and then one day I got up on stage and I, and out of frustration and out of familiarity because I had been doing it enough now that I went, you know what? Now I'm going to act cute, stupid. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, "So what are you doing with that? What? So who's that guy?" And I just started doing like audience work that right. felt so right, and people are laughing at me. And I went, "But because I feel like you're looking at me and you're flirting with me, but you're with, you're, you're with that guy." And I was doing this cute, stupid thing that I went, "That's my voice! Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I want to write like that now. Now I want to start at, and and um." And then I found another voice that was me. That's me on Thanksgiving when I'm yelling at everybody and I'm angry. And then I found another voice. And a lot of it was um, uh, through the valence of my father. I was always always throwing that kind of thing in there. But that's who I am. You right. know what I mean? Right. With that added thing. The same thing with Deanna. It's like I'm, I watch her and I'm like going, you know, when she kicks off all of the, this is what I'm supposed to do for a vlog. She's her best. 
and she's being the girl that, that works at the uh, at the zoo, and she's a doctor. And I mean, we were looking at slides or something, and she's like, "Isn't this interesting?" And I was like, "That's her. That's yeah. her talking. Right, right, right. And that's her talking to her best friend. Right. You know." Because me going, well, what's that guy? That's me talking to my friend. Sure. I, it's not me being on stage, you know? So a lot, and that's, by the way, that's where you feel like, all right, I'm not going to do any personality. This is the whole reason I said it. I'm not going to add any personality to this. I'll just be me. Right. And that doesn't feel like it's enough. And that's it. That's actually it. Right. Where she goes, I don't have a personality. She's trying to be this thing. As soon as she drops that and just is interested in life right. instead of being, trying to be interesting, right? All of a sudden, that's when we go. Oh, that's that's the girl. And then, and by the way, that's the hottest thing. That's the sexiest thing. That's that's because she's got a little sexy in her naturally. It just kind of comes out. Right on. Thought I'd say that out loud. <laughs> um, but but no, I mean that's that's something that you learn. Um, just from the technical aspect of performing or, or acting or any of that side. And it's the same thing with art, drawing or whatever. As soon as you drop what you think you're supposed to do and do what you want to do, do what's interesting interesting to you, mm-hmm. and you get interested in it, um, that's, when, uh, that's when the natural. Also, that's what you're talking about with girls. That's why this girl is, is interesting because she's – She's actually coming at it from a different angle right. from than what we were, you know, friends and, and um, Hollywood the way Hollywood is normally. Right. You know? If you, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you're, if you are genuinely interested in something, I'm going to be interested yeah. in it. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, well, what is that? The natural... I, I, the human behavior of like, uh, well, what does he have that I don't have? Why is he so happy? What's going on over there? Will this right. make me happy? Right. I must find out. But when you are pretending to be interested, you know, check out the new ab roller. Oh, right. God. But when it's literally like, holy shit, look at this new ab roller. You're like, what are you talking about? Let me see that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can um, this change my life? No, this is stupid. Moving I, on. Um, <laughs> do it. Uh, Eric Roberts, one of my, my favorite movies, Pope Grant's Village, and he gets his thumb cut off and ruining and everything, right? But you sit there and you you go, you can sit there and dissect that whole monologue of when he's, and you're like, look, he, he now he's playing a little bit more of the drugs, like he's he's dizzy, you know? And now look, now he's playing the pain. Now he's playing the jealousy of his, his cousin. And now he's playing, and you sit there and you can do it, and then you go to to Eric Roberts, what were you thinking? And he goes, I just got my thumb cut off and I'm and I'm on drugs. That's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? And you and you go if you talk to him, his version of what he's doing, but like you said, you could break that down. So, All he was doing was being interested and in, in what his life is now and I'm, what happened. So is that why you love the Pope of Greenwich Village That's so much? Is is the performances? Um no, I I'm 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 a fan of the whole movie like um I know we those got guys. It. We watched it. Did you? You hated and it. When it was over, we were like, why is this Tom's favorite movie? Okay. I know and those I, guys. I was, like, I, I was like, me, he has to have a connection to this as from a child or something. Yeah. No, I didn't we didn't hate it. Yeah. It's not bad. I saw that movie when it came out in the nineties and I remembered going, meh. 
And then you said it was your favorite movie. I put it in the Netflix queue. It showed up. And when it was over, I was like, I have the same feeling I did in the 90s. <laughs> and, and and I remember why. And on the whole, it's it's not a good ending. Like, uh, they're just, they're, they're in the bar. He uh, poisons the guy. The guy goes running down the street. And Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke walk into the sunset. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, so we just fixed everything in about 10 seconds here. <laughs> well, like when like you say it's not a good ending, like, when when you like you mean it's not a poignant ending? It, what, it, what the, end, it the ending does not happen organically. Like the ending is shoehorned in there as if it were a network note. Um Really? Yeah, I don't see yeah. That. It caps off really quick. Like like he goes to visit what's his face and the Mickey Rourke goes to visit what's his face in the bar and Eric yeah. Roberts is working there and you know Eric Roberts gives him poison and the guy we don't even see the guy die we don't even know if he's actually you know been killed but he goes running down the street you know choking himself and Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke stroll down the other way of the street into the sunset like everything like, is walk okay now walk yeah like everything's okay now and I'm like well when the family members find out that you poisoned him, they're all going to come back and fucking kill you. Like, that's not an end of the story. Like, there was no covert. Like, no, but I think that's why every one that's of, that one of the guys, things I liked about it is that you go, what's going to happen now? And so then so it's open ended. Well, they I mean, play it. They don't play it like it's open ended. They play it like everything's OK. We're riding off and, in the sunset. Yes, exactly. Because and that's one of the things that that I'm saying I like about it is that, that you go. He's just getting further and further and further and further into it, and this is a good place to end this story. And then you know they never I mean? pick it up again. And no, right? Well, also um, look at the two the two guys that were the stars of it. How could they pick it up again? You can't. One of them looks like a ballerina, and the other or um, uh, looks like a. a I don't. I don't want to wrestler ballerina. I don't want to shit on Eric's Robert Eric Roberts' performance because I'm sure it was great at the time and. You are probably attached to that first viewing still to today, but I've watched that thing a million times and you have a, a way different, like you're ingrained, you're married yeah. to it. Yeah. You have a way different perspective than me who's seen it twice. Right. Watching it recently, I was like, he, I don't, it's not that he's trying to, he's acting the way he was during that time. But my point of reference is that's some sort of Vinnie Bobarino thing that he's doing. Like, mm. there's almost like a welcome it, back Carter where he's just like, you know, I don't know. Why don't we just go rob this? And, you know, oh, look, I found this watchmaker. And, like, there's this sort of like, I'm like, John Travolta could have done that. No. And clearly Travolta was well, an inspiration all, to Eric Roberts in 90. I don't think that, look, I don't think it's your influences. like your father influenced you. I'm not saying that Eric Roberts was trying to be Vinnie Bobarino. I'm saying that in, in 92 or whatever it was, Eric Roberts is the product of someone who liked John Travolta and Vinnie Bobarino. Like there is a nuance. Of really? That. I don't see it. I, I don't see it because I'll tell you something. I grew up with those guys. I, that's what I'm saying. I, Mickey I Rourke, on the other sides. hand, yeah. hasn't changed a single bit. <laughs> like today, if I turn on a Mickey Rourke movie, I'm like, that's Pope of Greenwich Village guy. That guy is exactly, that guy has not taken a single acting class. There was no nuance in his life. He has not reacted to anything that has happened to him. 
like Mickey Rourke has um, not changed at all. I think. I mean, first of all, I I think that that was Mickey Rourke's best work. Um, Over the wrestler. The wrestler's wrestler. pretty goddamn good. Okay, but now you, you're sitting here. If you're if you're ragging on um, Eric Roberts' um, uh, performance in Pope Grand's Village and not putting that on. Uh, the wrestler on Mickey work on the wrestler. That's all like he has. He's going with his his influence. The wrestler is an influence of the Hulk. Yeah, Hulk Hogan and things like that. I mean, those are those are obviously there. When I'm putting it on Eric Roberts, I'm not down on Eric Roberts for it. It's just being way on the outside watching the movie for a second time and looking back. I see that like you see the periodness of it. Um, I I look at. His um um the his performance of Pope Eric Roberts is tapping into a part of himself and a part of that character that is so free and so open and so seamless and it's not I I don't see a Vinnie Barbarino there I, I Vinnie Barbarino is um is a caricature of um. It's a comical caricature of um, that that character. Where but Vinnie Bobrino is a heightened version of what John Travolta was at that time. So, and and by that's the way, totally say, different venue. I, that's why I say he clearly it, it feels like he was influenced or he had that John Travolta thing, and he wasn't channeling Vinnie Bobrino. I use I that as the the hyper realized because like, I he's, saw some of to that. me. I mean, he's dealing with like. Um, uh, talking about his father, talking about success, and talking about, hey, Pop, I'll tell you what success is. And there's a scene where he says, sitting next, um, I sat, uh, went to go see Sinatra, at such and such, and he goes, I sat two seats across from um, uh, Tony Bennett. Now that's success, Pop. And I know those people. I know those people that are like, you're telling me I don't know? You're telling me I don't know? Right, right. I sat next to Tony Bennett last night, and I don't know? Right. And you go, now, how do, if I was going to play that part, and I was like, how do I play that part without being a caricature right. of, of those people? Right. You know? And then I go, he did it the most seamless as you could do it. Right. Without, without not going there completely. And you know? when we were done, I was like, Tom must have a connection to this material from his childhood. And that is, you, as you just and described. The whole getting out of the, uh, getting out and, and buying a restaurant. And I mean, it's like the, it was written so well. The piece itself is written really well. The plot well. isn't really, no. What do you, how will you say that? Well, I mean, it, we open up and Eric Roberts, uh, you know, his, his, Wait a minute. Is Mickey Rourke his uncle or his cousin? Cousin. Okay. Um, you know, Eric Roberts knows that he's working for the mob. He knows that his cousin got him the job to be stealing from a table of 12. I mean, that just shows that he's either he doesn't care about his cousin or he's a total moron. He's a total moron. And if he's a total moron, then Mickey Rourke should probably have handled it, you know, better. Of, and, then, and then Mickey Rourke keeps going down that. Uh, that road with him, uh, you know, Daryl Hannah gets pregnant and then disappears. Like we didn't know what the hell to do with her character. So we just sent her away. Um, so the, the restaurant bit at the know, beginning, dude. I find to be a little, you know, I, I mean, I look, I understand you're forcing a, you're, you're painting the picture and we need to get into the story. So, I mean, looking back, I'm commenting on that. 
at the time, I'm like, all right, let's just get to where we're going. And then the heist, the the heist has an issue. The guy dies, and I don't, they they could have easily there was an easy solution to not getting caught with the officer who dies. Oh, and we also know for a way too long of a time that Mickey Rourke has this recording, and. Um, you know, there's this, I don't know. I think, I, like, I mean, it, it's not terrible. About, like, I don't think like I, in the performances for the, I mean, the performances were fine. The performances um, were great. Geraldine Page in that movie was unbelievable. I know that she, I know the part that you're something? talking about of, uh, you know, I sat two seats away from Tony Bennett and those stories are good. Like when they get into the stories, uh, when they've got Eric Roberts against the fence and they're going to cut him up when the old watchmaker, why he is doing what he's doing like on a scene level, it is well-written like there, those stories are Jordan good. Page and those stories about, are, are I, well done. My brother, the Catholic priest. No, exactly. That, that was it. Exactly. You that's go, a, that's oh a great, God. that's a great scene. Yeah. But then the reality of it, is like she's talking to those these two officers who are looking for a tape that are just like I don't give a fuck if your brother's the fucking pope I'm going up to the room and I'm going to turn this house upside down. So as a plot as a story on a whole You do know this movie get. <laughs> yeah. As, as as on a whole the the plot I feel needed work. Particularly But when you the say that there. like what give me an example that it didn't like of a movie that is intricate like that that does didn't flow flow good because I could sit there and I could go well the Godfather come on and then the brother tells on him or, and the brother well, I have problems takes with, I have problems with the Godfather well then you are nuts and the Godfather is filled with fantastic performances yes and but I have issues with where the plot goes the Sopranos it's the Godfather the Sopranos is a much better uh overall plot than uh than the godfather is like the sopranos does a much better job of like putting people in predicaments that they're screwed tightening the screws Mm -hmm. and there is no way out and they're just where they are as opposed to like a lot of the times in the godfather it's just like whoa why doesn't he just move to california and then you just leave, like, why are, like, you know, you he's just kind of... He's a godfather. He's, he can't, he's Don Corleone. He can't just yeah. leave. Anyway. He's got uh, a family. He's the godfather. I find it interesting that it is God. your favorite movie. God. Godfather. No, oh, that Pope of Grand's Village is your favorite movie. I, I mean, when you say my favorite movie... I asked that question. You yes. answered, I put it in a Netflix No, right. Game. And, and, okay, hold on. <laughs> because it's, it's definitely one of my favorites, but it's up there in the top ten. Okay. And it's up there in the top ten. Not all, I mean, it had a lot to do with um, me understanding and and wanting to go act and wanting to go um, experience see- things like what they experienced. And I totally connected with that movie. Did you ever see? Uh, and that's uh, what Suicide good art Kings? is. I did. Okay, great movie. Yeah, Suicide Kings is a great movie. And okay, it's but so well you don't think, and they cut these, off his finger. You don't think that all that stuff is is when they you cut off can, Eric Roberts' finger? No, um, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Walken. Walken. Well, 
Um, yeah, go on. I mean, I could sit there and say the same thing. I could like say it with the with the oh, and then they duct tape him to the chair. Right, Come on, right. I could say those things the same way. It's just you go at some point. You go no, hold on a second. They they put a ladder to go across from this building to that building. Is that this is Pope? Is that realistic? Does that happen? And then you go, okay, but that didn't here, bother me. But, okay. and, and then I I sit there and I go if if. I, I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine three people taking a ladder in Manhattan, anywhere in Manhattan, and putting it between two buildings that nobody sees. That are you kidding me? Right, right. How is that? It, unless unless it's somewhere in some, like between two buildings that's in the crook of like, and it's so far away from everything. This was out in the middle of everything, and then I go. But you know what? There's so many good points about this movie. If that's what it took to get them into the building, and he says at one point, he's like, "If I look down, I'm gonna be still for a week," and and you go, "All right, that's a little bit of character telling. That's a little bit like right. you know." Um, and so I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll, I'll go with that." It helped them get into the building and yeah. made it a little bit more uh, a little bit more theatrical. But I don't, I don't knock it because of that. I don't sit there and go, all right, so now it's three rungs down on that fucking ladder because yeah, they did that. Yeah, that That's what I don't understand. That didn't bother you, but he poisons him at the end. Like as if, yeah, the guy fucking put a lie in his coffee. Right. I filled his espresso with lie. Anyway. <laughs> um, but you go, um, that took, you know, it's him. It's him thinking that he's taking, you know, he's he's doing this for his cousin. He's got to stand up. I know people like this, and right. I go, oh man, that was depicted really well, right? And it was a good story to tell. So yes, that is why it lands up there in my top ten. I would say so. You know, people like this, you've related to it, and I understand that part. When I talk about like problems in the plot. They needed to convey better to everyone watching why he would, why Mickey Rourke would continue down this path with Eric Roberts when he's got Daryl Hannah. Why would he make that choice? Which he doesn't really make the choice between the two, but ultimately that's what what ends up happening. But you, I, you need that that understanding, that bonding between these two of just like, you know, he's. Of mice and men, yeah. Like we know why no, he right. does what he does with Lenny. Like this, hey, he's my cousin. Like, and I know that that is a thing in New York, but that's why it's I say New York, but it's the also, Sopranos did a better job than The Godfather gotcha. did of making those connections. Of like, he's my fucking idiot cousin, but he's my cousin. And, you know, and then you would see these scenes where you yell at your idiot fucking cousin and he smacks him around a bit. But then in the next scene, don't you smack my fucking cousin? Like, you know, there's and the Sopranos did a much better job of that than like of setting up the family than the Godfather did or than in this case. But look, I'm not shitting on it. I don't think it's a terrible movie. Right. I am a bit surprised that it's one of your favorites and i assume it's because I, you were connected I, I to the at, material but also clearly also, here I, and you love the acting i think the connection between he he and his cousin are, is one of the more real things that i i noticed because it is that um that dichotomy of i've got to get away from this guy i've got to get away from him, but he's my cousin 
I don't care. I'm, I, I hate my cousin. I can't stand him. There's, there's a love-hate relationship with him. And then he comes to him with a deal, and he's like, you got me fired. Get the, what am I doing with you? And then he comes, I got something for you. And they don't see each other for a couple months, and then they're like back, and they're like thick as thieves. It's like it's, they are drawn together. And then she says to him in the movie, which is another reason that I think the plot of that movie is so great because – there's so many different angles that are covered that are solid. Like she's going, you know, there's a piece of decency in you and, and you could see it. And all you have to do is feed that and stop hanging out with your, with your loser cousin, you know, and, and you're a person, you're a good person. And she goes, and I can just feel it in you. And he's like, he tell, he makes his choice there. He's like, you know what? I'm going to stay with my cousin. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. And you go to was the Daryl Hannah? I mean, she was. Um, uh, was she so self-centered that he? It's a good thing that he stayed away from her. Not to say that it's good that he went back to Pauly, but it's a good thing that he stayed away from her. Maybe, maybe him not being with her is a good thing instead of going and trying to make that shit work. On a slightly lighter side, this past week was uh, National Women's Day or something yes. like that. And what did you do for National I found Women's it, Day? and to go to Daryl Hannah and the Pope, um, when Daryl Hannah was at her height and Splash was out in Pope of Greenwich Village, I guess Pope of Greenwich Village, I'm 20 years old. Um, Splash is way earlier than that, I probably 15. Um as a kid, I never thought that Daryl Hannah was attractive. Never a fan. Never. Not, not a fan. I just was like, I don't, what is, what's with this chick? No, I'm, I'm watching Pope and watching her do her aerobics and whatever, I was like, oh, I see. I see now why. And I, like, I don't, looking today, I don't think that Pope of Greenwich, Daryl Hannah is hot. Um, but I understood why everybody was, you know, thought she was so hot and was so fascinated with her. Like Aliens, when I first saw Sigourney Weaver, I was like, this nappy-ass curly-haired bitch is not the heroine that I want to see, you know, win the war against the aliens. She's not attractive, <laughs> and she's fucking old. And now when I watch Aliens as an, uh, an adult, I'm like, Oh, she's strong. Yeah. She's she's she is beautiful. She, you know that it, as we were talking earlier, the exterior, the interior starts to become more important. And I understand why Sigourney Weaver was this sexy woman. Um, but for me, you know, it, you're a sexy heroine is Tomb Raider. You know, is yeah, Angelina yeah. Jolie. I don't, I don't think I was ever a, a big fan of Daryl Hannah's. Um, um, I never had a crush on her. I thought. Um, so she's a good actress. I remember, everybody know? thought she was so beautiful. Yeah, oh I didn't gosh. go there. And I was like, why? Because she's blonde? Because she's a mermaid? I, I, I don't understand. I didn't go there. She's kind of a weird I thought she was, face. She was fun casting for the mermaid, you know? Yeah. She, it was fun as opposed to like um, like a Denise Richards kind of, you know, like right. she was she was more, she's a better actress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you put in a better actress and she's pretty. She's. Yeah, she's Beautiful by no woman. means ugly. Yeah. I'm just talking the perception from a kid to right. today. I'm with you. Like, as I was saying earlier with, you know, Christy Brinkley, do kids look at her and go, who's the, like I did to Daryl Hannah or to Sigourney Weaver, who is this ugly, old, nappy-ass-haired, weird? All right, uh, and last to cap it off, um, as we were talking about 60-year-olds that I would bang, um, 
Morgan Fairchild, 65 years old. Wow. She looks hot. Really? Yeah, she still looks I, hot. I, I, got I don't know if you want to um, but, um, um, hold on. I want to go back to Women's go Day back? for a second. You want to go back to Women's Day? What did you do Day. for Women's Day? No, I, I'm like the least – I'm just against Women's Day. I, it's the same thing as, as Morgan Freeman saying um, he's against um, uh, February um, Black History Month. He's like, why do we need a history? Why, why, why do we need – I'm sorry. Why do we need a month to have a black history? It's all year round. You don't have a white history month. Right. And he was like, and I go, a, a day without women? I never thought anything. Now, if, if this is just something that's so rampant that I don't even see it, but I never thought, I don't feel like we need a, um, an, a day without men. You know, actually, sometimes I go, well, wait a minute. In my world? Right. Maybe not in their world. In my world, we need a day without Tom and see how many, how you fuckers get along. Right. You know what I mean? But that's my insecurity talking, not my security talking. Right. And I think that that's what that showed. I, if I'm wrong, I mean, I don't treat women that way. So, and that's not in my world. So when I, I see, you know, that they're not getting the same wage or whatever, a day without women doesn't handle that. Right. Right. I mean, if that, if that was hitting that, um, on the mark, then I go, Oh, that's good for them. Well, uh, Okay. To show society that they're not going to go to the mall and spend money. They're not going to – to show everybody, to, um, oh, look, uh, the numbers the numbers show women are important. I don't see that. I don't see why that was so important to do. Um, I feel like the, the group that I hang out with, the area that I am in life, everybody holds women with incredible respect. And, right. and um, we – if anything, I um, hold – up on a pedestal and look at them like, all right, you're the one driving here, you know? Right. But so I'm on a weird fence on this because, but mm-hmm. you and I don't live in the same world that Trump's America lives in. That's what I'm wondering. Was that all a Trump thing? No, it wasn't all a Trump thing, but, uh, I have a, a story of how our world is different. But first I think that, Women's Day is stupid and Black History Month is stupid and mm-hmm. Valentine's Day is stupid. Um, I somewhat understand Easter. It's a religious holiday and that's something that they're held on to. Um, Christmas, I guess, is still somewhat a religious holiday. I, I mean, I use Valentine's Day because it's, it's, we need Money. a day to appreciate the person that we love. No, Mother's right. Day, Father's Day, I think they're straight up stupid. Like, right. I, I mean... Shouldn't I the the fact that I love my parents be enough? Um, also, I don't really on a quick aside. Um, I don't really understand why I should appreciate my parents. You're laughing, but I didn't want to be born. They wanted a kid. They got one. They enjoyed it. Like, shouldn't they appreciate me? Like, I don't understand. People are like, oh, you should thank your parents for everything they gave you. They, they the wanted, wanted me. me. 
They want look. If you want a Porsche, you have to pay for the upkeep on the Porsche. Right. Like they wanted then the, it. The Porsche is supposed to thank. The sport <laughs> Porsche is supposed to be like, thank you for that oil change. That oh, I'm, I'm so appreciative that you gave me regular waxes. <laughs> like I really don't understand. And this is not me saying that I don't appreciate my parents. Like I love my parents, and but I just think it's really weird that we have a day where I'm supposed to appreciate them because I'm the product. <laughs> Of what they wanted. I'm their Porsche. Like, I, I just don't get it. Um, but I, Black History Month and, and uh, uh, Women's Day, they're all stupid. But when you're a woman or, or an African-American, and when you're a woman and you're trying to make people aware of the social problems that you guys are facing, um, to get it, to the point to climb that ladder and get it in everybody's face and get it to the point where a day has been designated mm. is quite an achievement. You mm. know I mean? Yeah. And, and we have every day is a day for a hundred different things. So when, when national women's day happens, I don't turn my nose up to it and go, you're a bunch of idiots or black history month. I don't get mad oh. and go, you know, like black lives matter. Yeah, all right. I, you're trying to bring that, that point to the surface. I don't need to go out and go, this is dumb. All lives matter. I just go, I get what you're saying. Right. You keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing this over here. Right. And I get and what women are saying. You keep doing that. It it's fine. To, you it got is a day. To increase awareness. And yeah, and I got that. And I feel like there's been a bunch of women's marches lately that they um, keep trying to increase their awareness and, and that's increasing their awareness. And now, I go, good. It's, and they're saying, very specifically, this is a march because we don't make the same money that men make, and that's pathetic, and it's ridiculous, and it makes no sense, and I understand that. And they get a speaker that gets up and says those words. But a National Woman's Day is, and, and to say those things is fine, but I started hearing them saying, don't go shopping. Let's show them what we mean to society. And that's where I go... Oh, did you think that we don't think that you mean something to society? Like that's I don't think that's handling something. So the other part of the but the interesting story where you and I don't live in the world that everybody else does or that Trump's America does. as I said earlier, I read a story this past week of a uh, guy and a girl who worked at an employment firm. They uh doctor resumes and various things. They help people, you know, get get back into the workforce or reinstate themselves in the workforce, reinsert themselves. Um, and the guy, the girl was always getting, her boss was always coming down on her for not doing her work fast enough, not closing her cases fast enough, um, not turning her work, not doing her work fast enough. And the guy thought that, it was because he was more experienced than she was, and uh, that's why the boss would come down on her that, you know, she just, whatever, slacked off. One day, they had a joint email box, and one day, he answered an email and her sign to one of her clients, and her signature was attached. And the person responded to that email with all sorts of, uh, refuting all sorts of the, uh, the suggestions that the guy put down. Um, so he got this idea. Actually, he responded to that using his correct signature with the same things. And the recipient accepted all of those things now coming from a guy. 
So he decided to do this experiment where he and his female coworker changed signatures. Mm. They did all their work the same, except she signed her work as him and he signed his work as her. And he was questioned on everything. Oh, wow. Everything that things that he had never been questioned on, he was just straight up like, "Well, why should I use my middle initial? Well, why should I do this? Well, why should I do that? How's why, why, why?" And her work improved, her productivity improved. They presented it to the boss. The boss, you know, dismissed it. Uh, the girl uh, left the job and went on to pursue other things. Um, is the the end result there? But um, when he asked her, when he he was like. Uh, you know, how do you, what, doesn't this bother you? And she was just like, no, it's just the way that it is. Like, this is that whole white privilege cartoon. If you've seen it on Facebook where, um, there's this cartoon that explains what white privilege is. And it shows this little white cartoon character and a little black cartoon character. And it goes from birth. And it's basically things like, white which white privilege isn't just for white people you know it's rich privilege really when you're rich you grow up and it's like of course you're going to college and of course it's going to be paid for and when you're poor and you grow up it's like well if you want to go to college you have to get a job and just the the as you watch these in that cartoon you watch these kids grow up and you see the differences between the way they're treated and when you know that college is always going to be paid for, of course you're going to go. When you know you have to get a job, the world isn't the same. Right. It's just not the same world. So this girl grows up, and all girls grow up in a world where they're constantly questioned. Now, I don't question them. I don't. You and I live right, in a right. world where if a girl tells me to use my middle initial on my resume, whether it's a girl or a guy, I don't, like, I don't question right. what it is. It's just either good right. information or I'm going to question it regardless of that's stupid. I don't care who the source is. Right. Middle America very much does, though. Like, there's still a world out there where, you know, he hunts and gathers and she cooks. And, like, the little woman doesn't know. Like, she, everything she says should be questioned. And in my life, even Deanna will often say, and I'm sure you know this, and I'm, I'm sure Nicole has done this, uh, or, you know, any girls that you've, other girls that you've dated, where they're like, but, um, no, never mind. And then you go, what? No, what are you talking about? No, tell me, what is it that you were going to say? No, it's stupid. What is it? And then they say it, and, you know, you accept it for what it is. I don't treat Deanna, I don't dismiss the things that she says, but reading this with the signatures made me realize Deanna has grown up in a world that I do not understand where she has been questioned throughout her entire life uh, because she's a woman from other sources and often thinks of herself as what she has to say as being disregarded or stupid or whatever and then does that, never mind, forget it, I finally realized. And me as a guy who is either never questioned or if you question me, I'm going to fucking fight back. Right. Never takes the moment of going, no, never mind. What I was going to say was stupid. I never do that. Yeah. Uh, not to say that there are guys out there who don't no, do right. that. But, but and I those guys, I'm, I'm willing to bet their fathers stifled them yeah. or their mothers. Um, their parents stifled them to make them think that what they might have to say is stupid. So that's why this becomes an important well, thing because yeah, and, unconsciously these girls 
without even knowing it. And this girl who didn't like, didn't even phase, she didn't get new uproar that, Oh my God, when I use a male signature, right. people don't question me. She was she just, just like, kinda, that's, that's just life. That's the way it is. I've been dealing uh, with that. Forever. Right. Right. And that's what these so, girls are trying so to do. Check this out. Nicole, I've been um, hanging out with Nicole's little babies, mm -hmm. two, two years old. Mm -hmm. And I caught myself the other day going, first of all, this kid is gorgeous. She's just, I, I I've seen I, pictures. She's yeah, pretty hot. She's a she's a yeah. gorgeous kid. She's big boobs. She's a nice ass. Really hot. No, she she her face. I is did that like, to a friend of Deanna. She showed me a picture of her kids, and I was like, "Ooh, she's, she's hot." hot. And, then, and the friend immediately started laughing, and I was like, "We're gonna get a lot of fun." <laughs> yeah. And then she showed me a picture of her boys because at first was a picture of her girls, and she showed me a picture of her boys, and I was like, "They're hot too." <laughs> That's just wrong. Because anyway, what do you do? People just, always want to show you pictures of their kids. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, that's fucking great and whatever. So this kid, extremely, extremely cute. Like I sit there and I go, uh -huh. just get this kid an agent and get her out working, you know? Scarlet. And, yeah. yeah, Scarlet. And I I finally, I caught myself going like, like that's to the mom. But then I walk in the house and I go, that's a pretty dress. Yeah. You know? And I go, oh, that's pretty. Right. She, oh, look how pretty you are. Oh, pretty, pretty. And I'm like going, what am I doing to this that's kid? That's the value you're putting upon her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, when I, I she, she walks up to me and she's like looking at me like more shocked that there's another person in the room than anything else. She's right. two. Right. And I go, oh, look at you. You're pretty. Right. And she or she beams. Uh -huh. She loves to hear it. So I love to say it. Right. And then I sit there and I go, my mother, who's 78 years old, who my mother grew up an incredibly pretty girl. Uh -huh. And she she just got away with murder because she was so mm -hmm. pretty. Mm -hmm. And she's 78 years old. And I look at her and she does this like, like I'm still cute. Right. I get my way. Right. And I'm like, you're a 78-year-old woman that still is of the mind of a 14 year old right because that's what was put in your head your whole life mm -hmm. and it just and mm -hmm. i go who are we as these beings that are these meat bodies that are flopping around this this world that believe the most simple mundane idiotic things like that makes a difference and then mm -hmm. i sit there and i say to my mom she walks out um, the guest house and she's and we're going to dinner or something if I go oh you look nice tonight mm -hmm. she's beaming mm -hmm. the same way the two year old mm -hmm. was beaming it's just it's amazing that we put forget male or female that's what works for that individual and it happens to be a female and it happens to be about looks and you just go you know she walked in my roommate, she walked into, knocked on his door, and she went, I cut my hair. What do you think? <laughs> and he goes, wow, it's really pretty. It, oh, it looks good, John. Wait a minute. Scarlet or your mom? John, my mother. Your mom. That's <laughs> <laughs> Scott. But I'm just saying, it's like, look, she's fishing. She's going for it. She wants, she wants to know. She wants John to say, you look beautiful today. Right. You know? But that's what you're conditioning Scarlet and the con for. And that's so here's exactly. Scarlet standing in a room. Someone enters, and if they don't pay attention to her, oh, am I doing that like pretty today? Is something right. wrong? It's this whole complex thing of like every time people enter, go, oh, don't you look pretty? And right. we talk about your looks. Would you do that with a boy? Then why are you doing it with a girl? Like, But then you want her to feel pretty, so you want to compliment her. And 
Um, the vacuum is super loud. Um, um, one last thing. My parents, when they were potty training me, they took off all my clothes and they put the potty right in the middle of the living room and they were like, that's where you go to the bathroom. And eventually, I guess I went and peed in the, the toilet right. and they went, they applauded. <laughs> and that's pretty much why I do stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're on a stage. I, that's why I do stand-up is because my parents, when I peed, they went, yay! yay! Um, all right, back to hot women. Okay. Jane Seymour, 64 Jane years Seymour. old. She was always like one of my favorites. And she's still hot, right? Still. I'd totally bang her. Always. Uh, and there's Christy Brinkley. Christy we already Brinkley. talked about her. Yes. Uh, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Totally bang Another her. One. And, oh, how old was Olivia? I didn't... Uh, Olivia's 67. 67? The chick's almost wow. 70. Wow. The chick is almost 70. That's crazy. Uh, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Yeah. 64. Mm. Uh, Raquel Welch. Yeah, that, she's had too much work. Uh, yeah, that's what bums me. I would yeah, rather no I'd rather see the wrinkles. I would rather go with the wrinkles than the, the I don't puffy. know. Joan Rivers was an interesting thing in the... Oh, Safari quit. I guess that's the end of that. That's the end of that. Um, Joan Rivers was interesting in that, like, if she'd ever had all that work done, would she just be hideous? So does this, is this fake face that she wears, like, fake better face than... was an alien, and the hideous would have been more, um, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Oh. It would Melissa help Rivers, I... her daughter? No, no. Uh, the, who's the woman, um, she was like, all right, I'm going to say it, the Bugaloos. The worst, but she, she was on the. Um, I'm gonna call you and tell you the, this woman's name. We're talking about Joan Rivers, so, uh, we're talking about a woman with comic, the, yeah, big nose, blonde big hair. Um, as soon as I get her name, up. you think that Joan Rivers looks like her? No, I'm saying if, if Joan Rivers left herself alone, she probably would have looked like her. Oh, and everything would have been fine, you know. Joan Rivers also like did work slowly through the years and um, kept doing just enough to keep her career going. Like there was just enough for her to, yeah, you know, be I, on the I tonight mean, show, then just a little bit more and to be the fashion police and on the red carpet and, then she, and a little just, more and a little more. And then at like, some point it got, that? it got really, uh, uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Really Michael Jackson. Now there's one who really screwed it up because yeah. Um, you know, he would look fine at a young age, like he jacked his nose up. But, uh, you know, I, I, he didn't. There's someone who didn't need it. But on the other side of it, who are we to judge? Like, if this, I'm a pretty incredible smart. Like I got uh, it's over here. This little mole right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am on my nose. I am now noticing it when I vlog. Occasionally, I notice it in the vlog and. I'm not self-conscious about it. This doesn't bother me, but I'm now considering getting it removed because sometimes when I look in the vlog, I'm like, it looks like a big booger right here. And I, I see it and I see myself with it and I see it on there and I go, well, I mean, the thing is, is I don't love it. I don't hate right. it, but like, is it just going to be a couple hundred bucks to remove it? I don't know see, what it costs. Me, and, and so I'm way, just like, why not? You know, yeah, I, I mean, I had uh, a friend had a, a nose job at a very young age, um, and he had a big nose. He was also like one of the top three um, good-looking guys 
in school. I mean, women were just girls in high school were all over this guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You're trying to fix something that ain't broke, pal. You you don't have a problem." And let, he wasn't happy with it. He right, he wasn't into, happy. He so. looked in the mirror and he was because the women that were all over him, I was like, "Wow!" It was amazing how I could see them just getting crushes on him one after another, and I was like, "Um." I was like, why would you, why would that, couldn't the self-esteem come up when you watch other people react mm-hmm. to you that way? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so he had it done, and um, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, I, I think it was his attitude anyway, because the they were same same flock, you know, over the years. Was he happier after? And he was much happier. Mm-hmm. So it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. But... See, if I fix this mole, I don't think it's going to make me happier or sadder. It'll just, it, it'll just, it'll I'll just stop looking at it. You'll stop looking at it, and you'll, you'll go, all right, done. Next. Right. You know it's what something I mean? that's just fixed. And, but, but I'm talking about like, you know, I sit there and I look at myself at 51, and I'm going, I got a lot of extra wrinkles for me. Right. For my age. I'm looking at um, my roommate's 54. He doesn't have the wrinkles that I have. Oh, right. You know, um, and I'm going, I'm, I'm, that's fine. And I feel I feel fine who I am, right. you know. I'm I'm like, I don't do good on uh, dating sites because I look like a, a wrinkled older guy. Uh. When you meet me in person, you watch me do stand up. You watch and you see the art artistic guy, right. you know, or you want to sit and talk with me and and we, you know, um, you go with who I am as a person. That's the that's what you know makes a difference so for me. Do you want a facelift? And then I sit there and I go, I, I believe me, I've I've tugged on my hair, I pull my face back. And my mother is always like pulling back right here. She's always like doing this, like going, I don't know, what do you think? To and you or to her? To her. To her. Okay. No, to her. Deanna does the same thing. She's just like, Deanna hates these lines that come out your nose. The yeah. la- I call them laugh lines. I laugh think lines, everybody yeah. calls them laugh lines. And I'm just like, why? The character, like they should yeah, have laughed a lot. Like, why would you want to get rid of that? But then she goes like this and she's like, I'm so much younger. Um, which, by the way, the whole time in the hospital, the whole time, and this has never happened to me this much. This happened. A waitress came over and said it before, but they were going, your wife is very, very beautiful. And I went, you talking about my mother? Oh. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, and, you know, I said it right in front of my mom. And I'm like, don't be sorry for her. I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. But. For her, for her, it's a compliment. She, and yeah. she's like, turn around. Well, what did she say? I'm did she say something about me. For her, yeah, it's a compliment. That, for you, it's like I look that old. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, well, I guess you got you got a new yeah. ticker now, so you, it's time to jump Might on the treadmill and yeah, uh, treadmill. Get some tighten that um, stuff up. Get a couple facelifts. A little couple of facelifts. Get yourself back into some shape. I guess. All right, so I'm Vince Roca. I'm Bunny Years. <laughs> For more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.